Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic this week, A-B tests. Kevin, high five. <laughs> what? What just happened? We high fived IRL. Kevin, you are literally in front of me. I literally am in the very office that I see every week, but now I see the other side of. Um, this is awesome. So yeah, uh, if people don't know, uh, I'm currently on vacation in Portugal, uh, and I'm at Rafa's place. Uh, Indeed. In, in your office. Can confirm. Uh, we're recording live, not for the first time, because uh, no. first time what at uh, uh, Spec uh, Network HQ. Yeah. Um, Spec HQ. And uh, but this time, we're back. And we're live, or not live, but <laughs> we we we're, we're, we're just live. It's live for each other. Yeah, uh, exactly. Not over the internet. So uh, I don't know. You've been like we've been hanging out. So so you landed like uh, a couple of days back. We've been hanging out for the past couple of days. Yeah. Um I feel like I've been recording a show for 48 hours. I know, right? <laughs> it's weird how like sometimes we were talking and we we're like, you know what? We should save that for the show because that's a good co- a good topic. So yesterday we uh like yesterday night you were here at our place. Um Late night, and we watched. We had dinner, and we watched Westworld. Um, we did, and we tried not to really like talk too much about that episode, uh, which is a good segue. Speaking of Westworld, um, the last week, uh, some people may have noticed that we didn't included a Westworld discussion on the episode, and then we tweeted that we're going to release like a special bonus episode on that. So I just want to clarify what happened. Uh, we had a very interesting discussion, and it was my personal favorite episode so far this season, <laughs> probably of the show of both yeah. seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so, but the, our conversation just went a bit long, and uh, apologies, it was totally my fault. Uh, you know, Rafa, as the editor, uh, decided, <laughs> made the ex- executive decision of leaving that segment, which was like longer than in, like an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. Leaving it out of the episode because then that would pe- freak people out when they open our episode and say like, "What three hours? No way, right. Jose!" So <laughs> I left that out. And the plan is right after we record this very episode, we're gonna talk about uh, episode five, and then we're gonna bundle those like both of those discussions, so episode four and five, and we're gonna release it as a bonus episode. So you're gonna see it as like a new episode on your feed. Um, so stay tuned for that. You know what we should do? We should like splice in our different comments on both episodes so you never know which episode we're talking about <laughs> that won't be confusing yes so there's two timelines oh no yeah and it'll be a puzzle for all listeners like they have to listen and try to exactly puzzle together like the right yeah. correct timeline and yes. and maybe the the people talking won't even be us maybe they'll be the host versions of us but does it matter if you can't tell and I think that's it for follow-up. Oh, oh, actually, no, no, not really. No, I take that back. More. I take that back. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take this? 
Yeah. Um, so we posted the episode on Designer News, and uh, I'm always kind of uh, apprehensive of Designer News comments, but I actually think that the people who left comments on uh, this post uh, were actually very interesting. Uh, people were sort of offering their their take on what makes a senior designer for them. Uh, so I thought it might be interesting for us to just like mention it on the show uh, to kind of give you an idea of other perspectives. Um, and also like because it's this is just a comment on designer news, it's a very quick take, so probably not um, in like huge depths. But if you have more questions about about those takes, I guess you can go and des- uh, designer news and kind of reply to the person, and they can expand on it. Um, so the first one is from uh, Josh, uh, who says a junior designer doesn't know what to do, a mid level designer knows what to do, and a senior designer knows what not to do. Uh, so for um for for him a senior designer like kind of has been around the block a few times and knows the things to avoid doing which is kind of an interesting take i think um and maybe not a bad one um and and maybe like to me like that gets to the point of um you know this idea that like you have to first learn the rules to know how to break them so Maybe you are a senior when when you know like when to break some of the rules um, to achieve your goals. So interesting take. Yeah, I uh, like it. Uh, okay, so our next comment is uh, uh, from Ken M. No, not that one. Uh, which Ken is he referring to? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't us that added the no, not that one. It's yeah. literally on the. Thing. It's literally in this person's name. I know. Let's let's see. Let's Google Ken M. I know about Ken Lee, but. Not Ken yeah. M. Ken M. No, you meme. Oh, is this a meme? Ken M. This is a meme. Real-time follow-up. Kenneth McCarthy, who is known for his humorous comment trolling on sites like Yahoo News and the Huffington Post. Uh, okay, I wasn't aware of this meme. Apparently, Ken M. is a meme. <laughs> okay. All right. Didn't know about it either. <laughs> Anyways, hi, Ken. Uh, <laughs> so Ken had uh, another one of these like quippy takes, uh, and he said a meaningless job title, question uh, mark, to which I think both Rafa and I kind of agree and have had the discussion about uh, titles. Um, so TLDR, yeah, in many instances, titles are kind of pointless. Um, and if you look at it just as a title, I think you're kind of missing the point yeah and i i think we addressed that in the episode i don't know if if ken listened to the thing i thought he was just like replying to the to the title yeah probably because we said like it's not the actual like title job title is like the spiritual title i think we even use yeah. that word like what it means to be a senior designer not really like what it means to be have that title i guess yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Victor and uh, Joan for uh, leaving a comment on Designer News. Uh, thank you guys. Okay, uh, is that it? That's it. Up.
All right, so let's let's get on to our main topic. Uh, our main topic right now, uh, like as we are about to phrase it, as we wrote down our show notes, I guess, is A-B testing, which is a pretty general topic. But this was maybe, this was brought up because you, Mr. Kevin, uh, you decided to tweet, uh, and I quote here, no one, has, uh, no one has ever gotten in trouble for suggesting an A-B test. And then, uh, I mean, it's a whole um, Twitter thread. Do you want to like sum it up or do you want me to... I don't want me to try. <laughs> um, no, I can I can jump in. Um, yeah, so I tweeted that. Um, not related to anything specific. Um, that's always my worry whenever I tweet uh, things like this that may seem like I'm referring to something like specific that's going on. And I was like, no, like that's actually something I've been thinking about for a long time. Uh, and th- that was just the moment that it came out. Like I'm not subtweeting anyone or anything like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that sentence, like no one has ever gotten into trouble for suggesting an A-B test. Um, it was sort of a reference to uh, no one ever got fired for buying Dell. Um, and that's like a f- kind of semi-famous um, just saying uh, in the world of IT, where basically the the point of the sentence is to say, well, the reason why people buy Dell is because it's the safe option. Um, and so the computers and like what you might get out of it might not be the best quality, might not be the best thing, but like nobody will like, will fire you over that. Like it'll just be, it'll be mediocre. Sure. But it'll be accepted. Um, and so what I truly meant with this sentence about AB tests was that, Hey, like there might be this real, like push or desire or like pressure um for you to feel like you have to a b test everything um because that's the safe route but i kind of want people to start thinking a bit more about like okay what what if we don't a b test something like there's not everything should be a b tested in my opinion um and i i think we so often kind of go the route of A-B testing because it feels like that's what we should do as opposed to that being the right decision for a specific use case. Um, I like that. I like the tweet. <laughs> uh, I agree. And uh, I just huge disclaimer. I am probably not the best person to talk about A-B tests in a way that like, I don't work at like large corporations in where like any small decision, like a new landing page or a new type of button in it can have huge impacts. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't work at that scale. Like if, right. if, if a company like Facebook decides to change the like button, which has tried like, you know, yeah. without AB testing, without properly and carefully testing every possible solution, mm-hmm. like the outcomes are different. So the stakes are higher and uh, like, I just want to know that I am aware of that. So maybe I'm talking from a privileged position in a way right. that it, it's cheaper, like lower stakes. It's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> like from experience, A-B tests, instead of coming off as very deliberate and a uh, very like mature, rational decision, it feels to me that a lot of times it's just, we're not sure. So yeah. we're going to A-B test or like, I don't feel very strongly about either or someone like 
maybe me as a designer, I really like option A, but I <laughs> couldn't find a way to sell it to the stakeholders. Right. So we're like, fine, we can do B, but we'll A-B test just to be sure. Right. right. Or like you're you're suggesting something and then your your boss or the CEO or whatever is like, oh no, like but we, sh- we should do that. And you're like, sure, A-B test it. You know, <laughs> it's like, because yeah. you feel like your thing's going to work better. So you're kind of like letting it, compete out into the real world i guess it's like it's like you want to win an argument yeah over time like with data it's right just, we'll a b test we'll wait for the results and then you'll because that's like so easy because we trust data so much and we can talk about that later about the yeah. actual results and what comes out comes out of an a b test but like we uh, in this industry nowadays we trust data so much and i have a feeling that's going to change a little bit just because we are i think we are more aware that are things that we can't track and so maybe we can just have room for those like variables to play a role we can talk about that later yeah but like if you a b test and um, one of the options has better like results has better conversion whatever mm-hmm. you're uh, testing for um, then it's really hard to say, well, I know A, option A got better results, but let's do B instead. Like at that point, you, it's really hard to win that argument. Um, so it's like, you, it's, it's just easy to throw a bunch of options and wait for the results. And then whatever got better results, that's just the way to go. And then it's like, isn't that the best possible scenario ever? <laughs> so it's like, it's doing the job for you. Right. Um, well, there's a few reasons why that, that might not be the best idea. Um, first, um, like, I think we all sort of dismiss this idea. Um, but A-B tests are expensive. Like, yeah. They're expensive to run in terms of time, um, like, in terms of just, like, resources. And, and they're just not always the most efficient way to get the answers that you want. Um, so like, it obviously depends for, for each team and like what your setup is and everything, but, um, it'll like usually take at least a week to get it like an experiment, like properly set up. You have to fully build your solution. Um, which like, if you're at a stage where you're not sure between two major kind of flows, um, doing an AB test will actually like take you a lot of time to actually get to the stage where you, you can even run that A-B test. Um, and you're going to throw away one of these solutions right out the bat. Um, it's also really difficult uh, to get meaningful, like to get numbers that are going to be useful enough for you to make a, a smart decision about what should go live. Um, because one of the things that I've learned, like going through and doing like quite a bit of A/B tests um, in like the five years that I've been at Shopify, um, is that there's always more data to be tracked or looked at. So sometimes you'll you look at something and it's like, oh, like if you look at conversion, you're like, okay, conversion is like a little bit better. It's like I don't know, conversion doesn't tend to move a whole lot as a metric, but. Um, so they move like 1%. Uh, 
which would be huge, by the way. Like that's that's a huge right. increase. Like most things don't increase conversion by one percent. Um, but then you look at you look at you start looking at other metrics, and you're like, okay, uh, errors increase five hundred percent. Time to completion is like two hundred percent higher. Right. So it's like, okay, like we have increased conversion, but like. What is happening here? Why are people having so many errors all of a sudden? So it's like the more like if you just look at one single metric, you're like, okay, I guess like we're this is way better, right? Like let's let's go, let's let's go with that. Um, but then when you start digging a bit more, you realize, oh, okay, like it's affecting other things in ways that we haven't um, like thought about, mm-hmm. and sometimes. It's just impossible for you to explain why the heck that's happening. Uh, and that's a super scary place to be. See, but I, I would say that that's a proper way to A-B test something is you can't change too many variables. Right. Because otherwise you have no idea what, yeah. you know, what motivated the users to, like what, what, what caused the change. Yeah. If you're, if you're testing like, total different flows and one wins over the other you'd say well this flow is better but like you don't know what's a what about that flow that worked better is it because it has like less steps is it because maybe the copy was more accessible uh inviting right would it be just like design like the colors is the colors more appealing and people just want to click more there's so much that then it becomes kind of useless you're just going behind like going after data and and like you don't know what what caused that, and maybe the optimal solution would be parts of option A with parts of option B, right? Yeah. So I think if you want to do an A/B testing, an A/B test would be you have to change like only one uh, one variable at a time. Yeah, and I think like I I love how you put it because I think that's the path that everybody kind of goes down with A/B tests, like we've certainly like went down that path like i have personally like gone from doing really big a b tests with a lot of stuff moving around to then realizing okay it's so hard to predict like what's happening or to understand the results let's move to like more specific tests that change one variable Mm -hmm. um and theoretically like that's great, right? That's how you do A-B tests and that's how you are able to like use data to measure the impact. Um, the problem that I found with that is it drives you to to do more A-B tests uh, for like things that don't really impact um, like m- numbers meaningfully. So um, how would you know it won't impact numbers without testing? So you don't, (laughs) you don't like you you really don't. So if you, if you definitely want to know for sure, then you have to test. Right. But you always have to think about it as like the cost of testing. Like is what we're going to learn going to be worth it or not? So one example of a thing that someone might test is, um, you know, you have like a, let's use the checkout example because I feel like there's a lot of things we can use here, but, um, Let's say you're on the first step of checkout where you, people enter their address um, and you have like a button at the end to go to the next step. Um, your current button says submit and you're thinking of a new of a new uh, call to action that says 
continue the shipping method instead. Mm -hmm. So your kind of idea is that, well, continue to whatever the name of the step is, in this case, shipping method is probably better because the user kind of knows where it's going. It helps you know that like the purchase is not going to go through. Um, so this is just like a better call to action. Um, so, but I think the thinking of like, oh, but how we're going to know that this is better if we don't A-B test it, like it pushes you to test things like that and run an A-B test of like, let's replace a submit call to action by like a continue uh, call to action. Um, and I think like in some cases, like if it's really, really critical, maybe you do it. But like in my experience, these things almost never produce any results. Um, so you'll like do all this work to set up like the um, the experiment framework and everything, like try to analyze it and stuff like that. Uh, and then you'll look at the results and it'll be like, no meaningful difference. <laughs> um, but like the change is good, right? Like the, the call to action, it is better than submit. So what I want to push people is to sometimes question like hey is that change just better if it's just better on all fronts then let's just ship it like it's really not worth doing an a b test and what you can do is you can just look at the end of the day at like your total like overall metrics if you notice like a meaningful dip like um historically compared mm -hmm. to like the day before compared to the week before. It's not going to be as scientific as the A-B test, right? Which is going to give you the exact same segment. But, like, we can use our judgment to, to say, okay, this is just a good change. Like, we're not going to A-B test that. But here's... I'm just playing devil's avocado here now. Mm -hmm. If you have... And let's take the, 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 the button label as an example. Yeah. If you conduct a test and you have two different options... Mm -hmm. And by the way, when you say A, B test, that's what you call it. You can do A, B, C, D tests, yeah. right? It's just not between the two. One thing that's interesting, too, is doing A, A, B tests. A, A, B tests? Yeah. What is that? So um, so A is control. So mm -hmm. that's what you have right now. So you test that. You put that in a bucket. You take another segment. So you'll have like 33% that has A. 33% that also has A, but just a different bucket of 33%. And then you'll have finally uh uh 33% that have B. Uh, what this does, okay, is so you're basically comparing A against A and A against B. How is it could it be different? Oh, it's different sometimes. So you have yeah. So um it's I a way it. it's a way to like double check that your sample size is good enough and it's like it's not the best way to do that like <laughs> Hopefully you, I mean, I'm not an expert, but like you have data people on your, on your team who can inform you on like what the best sample size uh, should be for the type of experiment that you're trying to run. But if you want to like get a quick check of, hey, like is our sample size messing with our, with our results, uh, try an AAB test and you'll see often like you'll, you'll see like differences between A and A. <laughs> Yeah, because um, it is in fact different people like definitely. yeah exactly and yeah so. um and sometimes like if you're talking about like single digit percentage difference sometimes you'll see that the difference between a and b fall under falls under the threshold of 
A and A. <laughs> so like, right. well, did things actually change? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, I guess maybe not. Interesting. It's interesting. I okay. So going way back, <laughs> the button label, we tested uh, no meaningful results. Like it's it's the same, right? And you said, but it's just better. And I'm gonna ask, why? Like the the function, <laughs> the goal of that button is for people to click on it to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, having submit versus continue to the next step or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what what makes you say that one is better over the other? Like, <laughs> then it's just it could just be biased, right? It's hard for me to like distinguish bias and experience and knowledge sometimes um but i think i'm gonna i'm gonna try to make the case for it now um that like we your data is biased too like everything is biased right no you're biased (laughs) yeah like like everything is gonna be biased so like you have to be aware of what your biases are so for example i live in Canada, I live in North America. That probably comes with different a different set of expectations than someone that's somewhere else in the world. So that's something that you have to know and take under consideration when you're making decisions like that. Um, and there's plenty of ways for you to like get informed on the different like cultural differences that are out there in the world. Um, so that's one example of uh, a bias that like I have for sure. And I have this bias in every decision that I make, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be making decisions or like have an opinionated view on what is the best thing. So in this case, submit is very generic right it doesn't tell you like what's happening am i at the end of the process am i at the beginning am i done is this taking me somewhere else or is this just like sending out that information um whereas continue to shipping method is actually more descriptive of what's happening because you're continuing the process um it's contextual so it's going to tell you which step you're going to rather than just say like continue or continue to next step it's actually helping guide you to the next step and setting your expectations for what's to come so that's kind of the reasons that i would would cite as like why this is this is better in my opinion obviously that's my own opinion and it's something that should be debated as a team I think if you have uh, a diverse enough team, then you'll have people from like that have different perspectives and you can challenge them and like just be open to changing your mind, obviously. But it's like decisions at that level. I feel like they're decisions that should be opinionated and that as a team, you should be able to like come to an agreement to, um, because otherwise, like honestly, if you're if you're doing an A/B test for every single little copy change like that, like you're not gonna ship. Like your your competitors are gonna be way ahead of you. Like they're gonna ship way faster, um, and learn from things way faster. Um, and they're just 
they're going to have a better experience ultimately. Or you're going to ship with 300 different versions online. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's like a thing that you often see with Twitter, right? That has like these million different versions. It's like, no, look, Twitter, like, why are you testing all of this? Like, if you have like people that are very opinionated and care about Twitter, they could tell you right away, like, this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. Um, and right. that'd be fine. But you're like, I feel like there is this, we put this, seem to be putting this premium over metrics over like having a vision for where we want to take mm -hmm. our product um and sometimes i see so, uh something i see sometimes too is uh people who run experiments and they'll see oh well no result uh so they're just not going to ship what they worked on <laughs> yeah and that's so unfortunate because you put in all this work into making the thing uh, you at least at the very least, I hope that you think that it's better than what's currently there. Otherwise, what the heck are you doing? Um, <laughs> and then two, you've already built it. Um, so like one thing that I'd say is if something like you truly feel as a team that what you're working on is better than what's currently live, you do an A/B test and you see no results that it, like it converts it works exactly the same then ship it like there's no downside to doing that um it's like it's just going to be better for your users and i have to i have to like really put forward this idea that not everything can be like attached to metrics like someone having a good experience cannot be perfectly mapped to numbers and sometimes no, like it's not going to make me con convert more. It's just going to, but it's just going to be nicer and that's mm -hmm. fine. And we have to be okay with that. And I think like we talked about this a little bit with, um, with, uh, Joel Khalifa a while ago when we had him on the show. Yeah. Um, but talking about like designers wanting that kind of seat at the table and that like wanting to be considered as stakeholders and like, aware of our, our business goals. And I absolutely think we should do that, but we should also recognize that like doing something because it's going to make the experience better is, is a worthwhile goal. Like it doesn't need to have a bottom line impact all of the time. Like it can be fine to just be like, look, this is going to be better. Like this is going to be nice. Um, like the same way, like you could say, Hey, does alignment matter? Like, should we do an A-B test on alignment? Like, let's have, like, our, our text and our paragraph be, like, aligned all over the place. And we could test it and see, oh, well, it doesn't really make a difference if text is aligned. Therefore, we're not aligning mm -hmm. shit anymore. Like, no, like, we should still, like, align things and make sure uh, that designs are, like, if you do icons, that they're pixel perfect and stuff like that. They're just things that we do because we care, not because they impact a metric. I I 100% agree. I was like leading you to that because in the, in that example that started this, <laughs> the label thing, when you gave all the arguments for it, I would even say, then why did you test it in the beginning? Right. Like, I think A-B testing is being used more and more as an excuse to not actually think it through. Like, Absolutely. I have to... Deliberate, like me as a professional, we as a team of designers, of developers, like anyway, a team of people, we have to think this through. And, and, yeah. and, and 
and make a decision what we think it's best. Like if it's a very high impactful thing, or if you indeed by the end you don't know, like you're you're torn between a couple of things, you you don't know, then sure thing, go for it because you need that answer. Mm-hmm. But I feel like A/B testing should be a way to achieve that answer, which one is best, and not like I can't convince you. So let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Or like we're disagreeing about this. So let's A-B test. Because uh, uh, Dave Ruber tweeted, I think you retweeted that. I don't know if it was uh, replying yeah. to you or not, but um, they no. said we should A-B test that is a really expensive way to disagree, um, <laughs> which is funny. But it is like you're not doing that because you think that's the best way to do best the best thing to do. is You're doing it just because you couldn't decide. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's just like... Um, uh, like sweeping under the rug, right? Well, now it's not my problem. I can, yeah. I'm off the hook on that one because we'll, we'll A B test it. Yeah. And one thing that I worry is that A B test is kind of this safety net <laughs> that, yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, like we've kind of thought about this a little bit, and, but we'll A B test it and we'll see if it's good. And I kind of want to explore this idea of, like, what if we didn't have a safety net? Like, would we make better decisions? Like, would you think twice about the the change you want to be making and its impact? And is it the right decision? Uh, If you didn't have that safety net, maybe you would, right? And so, like, (laughs) how can we double and triple, like, think about our decisions to make not only a smart decision, but to make the right decision without necessarily, like, offloading the whole, like, decision-making process to just, like... spreadsheet or numbers <laughs> mm. so yeah that was that was kind of my rant um oh, that's an interesting question also so uh, I'm I, curious. I, I really like just opinated not just design but like products i love to see there's clearly a statement here by the makers of this right. experience and sometimes like I would bet that if they test this, if they get data and metrics, maybe it's not the most optimized solution, mm-hmm. but like I think it makes up for a better experience overall. Mm-hmm. Like a good example of an experience designed by metrics, by data, is probably like Amazon, which <laughs> I could argue it's a complete mess, but like it's so much optimized for that and i i don't even can't even imagine how many ab tests like they've <laughs> run um but it's just, it's just not a cohesive thing it's like you test every single iteration every single option and in the end it's not a cohesive experience like well mm-hmm. thought out from beginning to end it's just mm-hmm. like a bunch of arbitrary tests of million people and see what the data come come out as and it's just a weird thing so maybe i'm on a, i'm in a privileged position to say that you shouldn't listen to the metrics <laughs> you should listen to the data because at the end of the day you know you need to run a business um but i kind of miss that that some like open-ended design choices and products i think we're missing that yeah like, everything like, is starting to look the same yeah right? absolutely yeah i'm definitely gravitating more towards that as time goes i think mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that like these inputs aren't useful right like it's it's useful to know more about your users um but there's so many different ways to do that and 
like sometimes, for example, instead of doing an A-B test, like go do actual user testing, like go and talk to a human um, and they'll tell you how they feel about like your button or your whatever. Um, and sometimes you'll learn way more talking to 10 people down the street than you will like running an A-B test for, for a week. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of want people sort of consider the idea that, um, Hey, you're an expert at what you do. You care about this a lot. Like I feel like if I let all the decisions of my designs up to any people, like anyone in the street, like people don't care about fonts. People don't care about spacing people don't care about alignment like we are the ones who care about these things and therefore like my my threshold i'm so much more picky than any normal human being right about these things no but again but you could say that you're designing for that people for those people so if they don't care about fonts should you i uh, yeah i think i should I think, I think I you should, should too, but I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just challenging these. Yeah. This is probably what like no, stakeholders. And, and I get, I get what they're saying. And like, there's aspects where you, I think you have to follow what people do or how they want to use it. So I think when it's dangerous, it, um, it's when you like assume that everyone has like this kind of built in knowledge, but when it's, when I, you find yourself being more picky or more demanding than your users, then that's typically when you should listen to yourself, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, you, you shouldn't listen to, to yourself if, like, something seems fine to you, <laughs> you know? And, and your users are complaining that, like, no, like, this is not working well, this is not working for me. Like, you should always listen to the, the pickiest person, <laughs> I guess. Is what I'm trying to say here. Um, as long, obviously, as the, the the changes that you're making aren't going to make things worse for the majority of people. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like maybe one thing that we should address before uh, moving on to something to another topic uh, would be like, when is it a good time to do an A/B test, and what can you do to make your A/B test as good as possible? It's like, what's the decision-making framework for should we do an A-B test or not? Do you have... Uh, I, so, I don't know. I, I uh, haven't asked you yet, but uh, if, do you do A-B tests at Netlify? We do. We do. And so, I guess you should start by when should you do it. I kind of alluded to that is when you don't know. Either Well, either you don't know what's the most optimized, best way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this could be just copy change. We do that a lot. You just mentioned like labels and buttons. We do that a lot. Like sign up now or get started for free. And, like, right. Those little things can have a big impact. So we test for that because we literally don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't feel strongly about either. Um, uh, how we run, like we have a. <laughs> do you, uh, sorry, I mm-hmm. just want to like jump in. Do you document those results and use that to inform how you make further decisions about content. So what I think is interesting thing to like A-B test or to do user testing on is like positioning or like philosophy, like what resonates with people. And then the, but the words that you use 
for doing that are like almost less important in a way, you know, like if you're doing your A-B test and one of them highlights it's free, like it's, it's highlighting that like it's easy to start, blah, 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 versus having one that like highlights uh, how powerful it is and how customizable it is. Like, I think these are interesting things. And even though they're both of them are copy, right? Like mm -hmm. they're actually very different take on a product that might um, target different markets rather than say like, do we say free or do we put like zero dollars mm -hmm. kind of thing? We don't have a process in place to document that, hmm. but it does inform our shared right. knowledge and perception of, um, like we have a very clear idea of how we want to, like the tone of the product mm -hmm. in itself and how we want to frame and treat users. And um, so we do have that in place. So even in our A-B test, we don't try like far off from this, right? right. We're not going to have a completely different tone for this one button because we want to test that mm -hmm. um maybe we could but we're not doing that anyway um so no we don't have and by the way i'm not the right person to answer this because we have content people um but no we don't have a thing in place right now but it definitely affects our perception right right um so also another thing which by the way some people might write in or so maybe i should address this like if you're Testing, like if you're building a new feature or a complete redesign of something or whatever, something big, um, and like you you gradually rolled it out, for me, that's not even an A-B test. That's just like, oh, this can be a very like high impactful change. Let's roll it out gradually to make sure like... Yeah, that's like a beta, having okay. a beta. Just want, right. I just want yeah. to make sure that that's not an... I don't see it as an no, A-B test. that's not an A-B test. So many things that change. So anyway... Um, how we actually do it, we have a built-in uh, split testing feature. <laughs> Plug. Uh, <laughs> Funny you say that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's we use Netlify and Netlify. Funny. Um, nice. So we just create a different branch with like version A and maybe another one version B. And then right. we, can, we, can, we can split traffic uh, between those branches. Um, and you can just set the, like, the percentage mm -hmm. of traffic you want. And more importantly, which I think it's something that I wasn't aware before I worked on this feature. So I had to learn a bit more about it actual site uh mm -hmm. maybe test like it's important it's not just you split traffic between uh two versions between let's say like 50 percent of your your users it's also you have to keep so if if user a is going to receive version b the next time user a visits the website or whatever you have to make sure it still has the, the same version, version. right yeah. you can't you can't just like switch on every refresh right so that is also like built in so that was important and something I didn't know. That's but awesome. It makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that's how we do it. We roll it out using our internal tool, and um, we're also like this is also pretty new to us in the grand scheme of things. Like we don't have any A/B test experts. We're all also like mm. learning as we go. Um, I actually I want to ask you how long do you keep a test running? Because we've been like we lasted for a week and we were mm. just like you know what results are inconclusive. Let's let's keep it running for another week right two weeks i think we're on our third week we're like is this is this it like <laughs> uh you'll have to talk to your local data person about that <laughs> um but yeah I, it depends on your sample size um so the smaller i think it's like the smaller your, your sample size is the longer you're gonna have to run it for um makes sense yeah so but if you run it on like millions of users then typically you don't have to keep it 
that for that long. Cool. Um, yeah. So okay. So some tips like how do I make a decision on whether or not this is something we should A/B test? Um, is this first? Is the thing that we're thinking of maybe A/B testing? Is this a thing we like? Because <laughs> if it's a thing we don't like then let's just not a- even A-B test it, right? Because, like... Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to... You don't want to set yourself up for failure. Like, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're trying version A and B, and you're afraid that one of them is going to win. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want to be like, oh, crap, I hated that version, but it won on the yeah. test. So we have to go with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should try to, like, come up with a version that you're happy with. Like, so that doesn't mean only test things that you personally like either right but um it means that like don't test things that like if you get positive results about that you're still gonna be hesitant to ship Mm -hmm. because i mean at this point like you've already like built the whole thing anyways Mm -hmm. um so that's one uh number two i'd say like we've kind of mentioned but like avoid um using that as like a a way to make a decision so if you're as a as a team you can't agree on uh the hypothesis of why you want to run this a b test like if it's just let's try a couple options that should be like an immediate red flag like an a b test should have a hypothesis we think that um people who see a submit button think that the person is going to go through and therefore what we what we suggest is changing the the copy to saying like continue to shipping method or something like that. Yeah. I'm making up like a fa- I'm always using the same example for a good <laughs> and a bad case, but um, you you get what I mean. Um, so like you need to come up with that hypothesis because that's how you're going to be able to make a decision on whether or not that's the changes are positive or they're negative. Um, Two, like, obviously, you should really involve uh, your, like, data <laughs> so data people, but there's, like, data analysts, there's uh, data engineers, there's, like, different types of so roles. Data scientists. Data scientists. Um, so no matter how, how, like, your company refers to, the, to them, uh, involve them early in the process. Because um, I'm actually lucky to work with some people on, on the data side uh, who will actually tell us, Hey, like, I know you want to A-B test this, but maybe that's not the best use of our time. <laughs> yeah. um, who will, like, go and tell us that. Uh, but they can't really do that if they're not involved, like, at kind of a stakeholder level. And that they, if they don't understand the problem. Like, if you're treating them just as a service of, like, hey, do this for me. This is what I need to test. This is the number that I need to check. Then you're kind of not using them to the best of their, their knowledge. So... Talk to them about the problem. Like, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And how can you solve that? And they can be, like, part of that discussion of, okay, is this something we should use an A-B test for? Is this something we can just ship and then look at the overall metrics? Or is this something that we should do user testing on? And if you're lucky enough to have some researchers uh, on your team, bring them into those discussions as well. Like they're super well, super well versed into like what is going to give you the best results uh, and what's going to answer your questions. Uh, So get, bring them in part of the process. 
always consider like, hey, are we doing this just to cover our butts or are we doing this because we actually want to learn something? If you do want to learn something, then then it makes sense to do an A-B test uh, and you do it, you learn from it and hopefully like you can take action on on that data. So yeah, that's those are my kind of rule of thumbs for good A-B tests. And will that, uh, with that, we'll A-B test two different episodes um, to see which one has more clicks and you listens. Um, so thank you. We're going we're gonna to record the uh, version B now of, our, of this episode. So last week, at the right at the beginning of the episode, I feel like, if I remember correctly, um, we talked about socks and sock design, <laughs> but like we talked about it before we hit record, so yeah. there's no evidence. So did we, <laughs> did we talk about it? Who knows? Uh, and and I think I, I slipped in I slipped in in the beginning of the show, like oh we talked about this, and then we had a listener Charles Anderson. Hi, um, says like why didn't we at least you know rehash the that discussion? Because um, Charles has thoughts. And so many thoughts. He <laughs> he shared a picture. This is a picture. We're going to put a link in the show notes. It's a picture of um, a sock pile. So a huge pile of socks. Oh, my God, Charles. Jesus. Um, <laughs> that looks like my nightmares. And like every single sock, it feels like it's different from another. And they're very col- colorful. And uh, overall, great socks. I actually like it. Um, <laughs> so... Instead of us trying to rehash the conversation that we had, I would suggest we would just, you know, set up the topic, like what was like, you know, the discussion about, and uh-huh. then just dive deeper. Because I feel like we only All right. scratched the yeah, surface. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So the conversation started because um, I had, I went for a run on a weekend, a long run. Uh, that's important. A long run. <laughs> and I was looking for my like Nike running socks, like the the the, the good pair of socks to take for my run and uh, I couldn't find it. And eventually I just like I just picked a, a you know, a regular plain pair of socks and went for a long run. Turns out those socks were not the running socks. <laughs> and so I got like huge blisters on my feet and everything hurt for a lot of for like three days. And it was a terrible experience. And I was like, you know what? Enough of this nonsense. I want socks <laughs> that are good and are like performant. And I right. don't want to have to worry about uh, is this, like, are, are my feet going to be bloody or not? Which is sorry for the visual, um, for the word picture there. So as we were saying this, uh, as we were t- talking about this, I was online, Nike.com, and I ordered a bunch of performant elite socks uh <laughs> and uh, it, it just arrived today which is nice coincidence funny coincidence yes so we just have on front of us in front of us we have different pairs oh, actually it's just two different pairs of uh of a uh, performant nike running socks and uh i think I don't want to speak for you, but I think <laughs> I think you prefer like all black socks and you want to have a pile of every single sock is the same. So you don't have to like you don't have to sort them in any way. 
And uh, maybe you could start them by like long or just like short socks. I don't know. Maybe you have a preference there as well. But so you you want something that is practical, meaning you don't have to sort them. So you can just have this huge pile and just pick two at a time. That's correct. That's correct. So just find a pair that, that you like and buy a crap ton of them and just have that. Those are Those are my socks. And as soon as they like start like if you have a hole in them or something like that like you throw it out like you throw it out and you like get a get new ones um and what this does is it makes your life so much better so much better all the time you never have to worry about about which socks am i wearing and uh when you're doing laundry then it's simple like you just like you compare any sock with any other one and done that's easy so yeah, that's what I would recommend. Um, what you told me last time we talked about this is that these fancy socks, which I didn't even know those were a thing. I get like <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Like there's always fancy running equipment. Um, but so those fancy performance socks have a left sock and a right sock. Yes. So then if you got like twenty pairs of them, mm-hmm. you still wouldn't be able to like mix and match them. Right. You. I guess you could have like the left pile and the right pile. <laughs> it would make it right. easier, but still, I, yeah, you would still have to sort them to mm. remove that, uh, you know, that pro from your approach, which is like right. sorting is not a thing anymore that right. you have to worry about, which is very compelling. I'll give you that. I would say with your lifestyle, <laughs> suck lifestyle, <laughs> you are capped by a level of mediocre mediocreness okay sock wise quality wise because if you want a really good sock i feel like they have to be left and right like there has to be a different mm. because your feet are not symmetrical so how can a single shape be perfect for both feet that that can happen like that's not so you're kept by quality or maybe not just quality, because you know materials and all of that plays right. a big. It also depends on what you mean by quality. Is it comfort? Is it you know? Is it is it smell? Like I want a sock that won't smell, right? And so it's breathable and like how long they last, stuff like that. Sure, like if you go for a run, long run, is it are you gonna, you know, have is it gonna give you blisters on your mm-hmm. feet? Um, so my thing is because by the way, all right, let's talk about the midterm, like the halfway between these two approaches which i feel like is like 99 percent of people they they live there which is they have different socks because they never really thought about socks and maybe 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 your mom and dad or your grandma or your, your grandpa buy you know for christmas they give you pairs of socks that's the thing that exists in the world oh my god and so you just have random like i have three pairs of nike black socks i have a pair of sketch socks actually i have one so i have over time uh this is not perfect yet but over time trained my everyone in my family on gift buying for me where it's like, it's like okay. don't it's like well yeah generally it's like don't but <laughs> but also it's like okay if you you are gonna have to buy me a gift because i know it's like not always easy to like sell people on the idea of not buying you anything uh shocking right uh but it's like okay if you're gonna buy me something do not buy something i have to hang on walls because like the likelihood of you picking something that i'm gonna want to put on my walls is actually very slim 
um do not get me something that has to be like too functional that i'm gonna care about because also i'm gonna be very opinionated about that so it's like if you get me socks it's like fine i don't i don't know what to do with these like it's like this is there's a system there's a system for socks and i'm not gonna change the system for this one pair um so but thankfully no one has ever given me socks yet really um but uh well that's i mean it depends but it's kind of a weird present sometimes no but so i would say Um, like the big problem here is sorting like when you're doing laundry sorting getting yourself i just i feel like i don't want socks to be like a a variable in my life (laughs) where okay and i'm at i'm at a stage too where i think is probably one of the worst stages of the all like same type of sock ownership is um i'm at a stage where i feel like i want to replace them like all of them so socks can be cheap enough that you can't justify just trashing your whole collection of socks just buying you yeah i might like i I don't know can you can you give socks no (laughs) um underwear right right, i guess socks underwear I i don't know you wear it under another... Okay, I'm sorry I didn't feel awkward. Anyways, uh, let's gloss <laughs> over that. Um, so, but I'm, I need to do some research on socks and mm-hmm. find the ultimate pair of socks that I will just buy like 20 pairs of. And like, I have a couple of requirements. So they need to be short socks, not okay. the long ones. Because um, sneakers running, like short socks are better. Um they need obviously they need to be comfortable and durable and all that stuff. Um, I'm like very tempted about this idea of performance socks that like really appeals to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if I don't run, I don't know. Do you, do you see? Would you see the difference? For sure. Yeah. It's it's it, they're tighter. It's like mm. it's a different fit. Okay. Huh. Um, so, but then I don't know how I'll be able to deal with the left sock and the right sock. That, that right, but, like... but if you right now if you have already like i think the worst scenario is if you have a bunch of different but a bunch of black socks for right example. yeah that oh, is yeah, a that's nightmare the worst because yeah, you have to yeah so like if you're True. there like no just buy like colored socks like, ideally you would have like <laughs> a pair of red socks a pair of yellow socks a pair of blue right. socks because then it's so easy to to sort them because you can so like, like charles socks are are perfect like using that technique right to sort i feel like yeah, although like, I feel like he crossed over. It's like <laughs> they're so different that because they're all so different, they're all so alike. Does that uh, even make okay. sense? Because right, now right. it's just a mesh of different colors and patterns and right. stuff. Um, but okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Um, I feel like we have to. It has to be an argument in this conversation, which is some people, and you know what? I would put myself in that category. People like colorful like sock design. We like it. It's, right. it's fun. Uh, I actually think it's it's very fun when, like nowadays, um, a lot of our attires, I feel like it's just fashion-wise we're going through this phase and where we're really into blacks and grays and shades of grays. What? And white, Me like... never. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like in that attire, having a very colorful sock that like, you know, when you, when you, when you, you bend when you do something you can see glimpses right. of like ooh colorfulness right i like that i think it's fun like i think socks can be fun but you can't have both like you can <laughs> you can have 
fun socks, uh, but super performance socks because usually these are like you buy them mm-hmm. be- because of their design, not really yeah. because of um, the way they're built or whatever. But uh, design is how it's built. <laughs> um, shut up. So. <laughs> I I completely agree, and that's like a one hundred percent valid argument. And I think if we were in a world where, like, the big trend was these kind of crazy socks, uh, which I feel like it was like a few years ago, um, I could argue that we're, we're still there. So okay, there's I, a lot of swag socks, right? Like well, Slack has socks in it. Okay, that that's another thing. I have sketch socks and stuff. Like like swag just does not enter my house anymore. <laughs> i just why why does everyone want to give us like swag all the time i have so many of these like american apparel black t-shirt with a company logo on it like i guess the socks are more are fancier version of that but that's like that's kind of like a, a slightly different version of someone getting you a gift <laughs> it's like thank you i, I okay i just appreciate it Good. but <laughs> I just can't. I like, that just doesn't work with the system. Um, but let me. Okay, we'll talk about that later. I just want to address the the point first of the colored socks. And I think like if that's your style, go for it. And the technique that you go there is just have socks that are very different so that they're easy to sort. Um, but I think at least for me, in the last like year or so. The, the, so- the, the fun of having different colored socks move to shoes. Mm. And now, like, I'm, ha- like, gravitating more towards having, like, the different, like, kind of crazy over-the-top type of sneakers. And then the socks, like, you can barely see them. And what shines is the sneakers. And I, like, maybe some people can pull off the, like, crazy colored socks and crazy colored shoes at the same time it's tough, though. but it's tough it's really hard. um so yeah i'd argue that like it's never been a better time to <laughs> wear the same socks all the time <laughs> or but i mean different socks but that are the same model and the same color <laughs> all right so uh let's get to your argument <laughs> No, there's no... Uh, I mean, I, I could talk about the swag, but that's a different discussion. Uh, send me your swag, by the way, uh, people that are listening and want to send swag. Um, I think the swag can be... It can be very boring. Like, ugh, I'm not, I'm not going to be an ad for you. Right. Uh, it can also be a very thoughtful and, like, cool design. Like, uh, I have... Uh, I don't know. I can think of some... Sketch socks. Sketch socks are fun. Uh, the abstract t-shirt is really fun. Like, I want, mm. I like to wear it because I like how it looks. Right. It's, it's yeah, good. Yeah. So... If you do the, you know, just the logo on the on the on the, the breast side, you know, breast pocket type of thing, yeah. um, sure, it can be kind of like boring. But but then even then, like you can be a super fan and you you like right. so much that company uh, that you want to. I have yeah. to say, I've seen the the abstract T shirt and it looks really nice. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So there is an exception for uh, stuff that have been designed by Tim Van Dam. <laughs> Actually, it was Frank. No? Frank. Frank. Oh, it was Frank. Frank well, all right, Frank. <laughs> Frank too. He, yeah. He's like one of my favorite designers. So, yep. um, yeah. There's there's definitely an exception. <laughs> so anyway, I'm at, I'm at the point right now in where I was gravitating towards the have the, just one model of pair of socks and mm-hmm. just buy a shit ton of them right i did like of course i can never like i didn't trash my old collection so <laughs> it's still like even if i 
I bought like 20 pairs right. of the same sock. It's still like... You like slowly rotate them out? <laughs> yeah, but it's still like a third of my socks. Right. Meaning they're still in the basket and it's kind of like, oh, I right. have to look through them. Anyway, but right now I am like, I am done with regular mundane mediocre <laughs> socks. And I want the the performance cushioned and like elite cushion because holy shit it's a different experience like oh my god this is a sock jesus i, I could i could walk I on very these. tempted dude you know what i'm gonna give you a pair no i have two of these no don't give me a pair no okay, I'll, well, I'll order some then order some and 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 report back i, I will i'm curious or, about these cushions well i don't know very i'll have to research them though because i i feel like once i commit i want i want a pair that i'm willing to switch to full time right you know so Sucks. Yeah. Okay. Is that covered it? it? Yeah. There's there's so like there's no conclusion. <laughs> Socks, they're they're an issue. <laughs> it's you either optimize for comfort and performance or you optimize for ease of sorting and ease of use and ease of mind. Well, but there's also like optimize for style, which is I'm kind of like rebelling against this idea <laughs> of style well but, well yeah i guess like my, my socks... style is like you know just right over the 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 the, the like keyless heel like yeah. over there yeah and uh so it can't like my sneaker can't touch on my like a keyless heel mm, i have to have okay. a sock right too, right it's then otherwise just uh, just annoying right so that length and like uh, hopefully uh just one single collar i don't care about design i don't want design because right. it's not i guess you can only have designs if it's like a long you know a, a tall sock because if it goes over pretty your, much yeah yeah i think yeah. you're right yeah anyway so for me Anyways. style is not like right now we're looking at some style thing i'm not gonna see this so i don't i, don't I, care. I feel like that's way more than people want to know about socks how long have we ta- been talking about this <laughs> anyways yeah. tell us uh tell us more about your, your sock buying techniques and yeah, uh, if you have uh recommendations for the perfect sock so um preferably some elite cushioned performance socks that i can wear uh on any on any side uh that are preferably all black or mostly black um then i want to buy one buy a pair and check them out i need to do like i even check wire cutter (laughs) but they don't have some good recommendations for for like normal yeah they have some i think special running socks or the they had one. Actually, I haven't seen this one. This is man's health. So maybe they do. No, this is man's health. No, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, and it's like these bruises. long socks. Um, but yeah, part of me feels like I need to go all uh, all in and do like a wire cutter style. <laughs> Let me try like all these pairs of socks and, and report back. We'll see. We'll see if I have the budget for that. Can you return socks? Probably not, right? Probably not. <laughs> That's the problem. Again, how expensive can a pair of socks be? Fifteen bucks. Yeah, 20? but like if you buy ten pairs, and like yeah. you're returning all of them. Yeah, that's right. You, you have to buy one pair first, and then. Yeah, I have to. So Wirecard has like best ski socks, best hiking socks, compression socks for most people. Compression socks. Like that's what I have. 
Let's do recommendations. Uh, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Uh, yeah, you start. Okay. So my recommendation this week is um, a podcast app. And it's Castro 3, I guess. So I am pretty confident that I've I've mentioned Castro before. Um, I went through a phase in where I tried at least for a week Every single like major podcast player app, um, and this is for iOS mostly because I never listen to podcasts on my computer. Um, and so, like, I ended up um, using uh, Overcast um, for my daily uh, app, but I always preferred Castro's UI. Like, I was always a fan of UI, and not just how it looks, but like the whole model of. So I don't know if people are aware, but like how Castro works very. Um, very summed up way is like you have an inbox so subscribe to podcasts every new episode it, it gets added to your inbox but then you have your queue so you just go through the inbox and you add uh, episodes to your queue um so it's so you when you want to listen to a podcast you just open the queue and start listening now you can also set some uh, podcasts to be automatically added to your queue so for example, when there's a new layout episode, it goes, it jumps straight to my queue. So it's right there, ready to be played. Of course. Why would you not want that? Of course. I, th- I think that's a default setting, actually. <laughs> Should they be. automatically subscribe to layout. And then <laughs> if not, uh, email Castro. Tell yeah. Them, tell them uh, what the hell? Feature. Bug. Bug report. Uh, <laughs> so, anywho, the, the reason I didn't end up using it as my daily driver was because Overcast has this very fancy, nice feature called the um, Marco called it Smart, smart Speed which uh, pretty much um, eliminates the silences between, like, between, you know, conversations. And so what happens is it speeds up the experience of listening to a show without actually speeding up the, like, the pitch, like, speeding up the the voice. So that is invaluable if you listen to a lot of podcasts because you just ended up spending less time listening to the podcast while getting the same information, which is magic. Um, and so on this new update, it just came out uh, yesterday as time of this recording, uh, Castro 3 came out. There's a couple of like updates to the UI. I still think it looks very interesting. Uh, it looks, it looks different. It's new. They don't use like native UI, like UI kit stuff. And uh, Kevin is, uh, trying the app as we speak. <laughs> so I just think it's a very interesting, compelling and fun UI. I can't stress this enough. It's fun. Everything bounces and moves around. It's fun. Um, and now it has a similar feature to smart speed. I, it has a different name. I don't, re- I don't remember. Um, before it was a paid app right now it's, you know, because iOS economy, it's a, it's a free app and you pay for a subscription. I think it's like three bucks for three months or you can buy a yearly thing. I don't know. It's, 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 it's affordable. It's not like, it's not a crazy expense uh, i think if you like it so anyway it's free to, for you to try it and if you like it go for it um and so it's now on my dock it is my favorite uh podcast thing uh, one last thing before i move on um just because may, some people may not know this but if you're using overcast or uh, i know Pocket Cast allows this uh, you can export your subscriptions as a um, XML or whatever file format they use. So if you're using Overcast as an example, you can go to settings, export a file, and open that in, in Castro so you can move over all of your like sub- subscriptions and, and stuff. So, so that's it. It looks really good. 
Um, yeah, I just downloaded it, playing with it. I love the little like jiggling animation on the the. I mean, yeah, I don't know scroll. how to describe this, <laughs> but when you scroll, there's like icons that jiggle around. Um, and I also like the big uh, the big bar at the at the bottom, like where yeah. you can move progress. It feels so good to just like move that like on your thumb rather than like reach the top of the screen. Um, so yeah, it's really well done. Um, still an overcast person, but uh, we'll definitely give this one a shot. Boom. So speaking of apps, my recommendation this week is another iOS app, um, and it's one that's really old. <laughs> um, I've been trying to think about like when I downloaded this app, and it has to have been years ago, like maybe like five years ago. Um, and this app is called Snapseed. Uh, initial release six years ago. Uh, so there you go. Um, so it's called Snapseed. It's a photo editing app. Uh, as you might know, I'm into photo editing. Um, I do 100% of all my editing uh, for my photos that you see on, on Instagram on my phone. So photos never touch the computer. Um, and so I want to point out a few specific things that this app does um, that I think it does really well uh, compared to other apps. So the first one is perspective. I shoot a lot of architecture a lot of buildings um, and the key to good uh, building photography is straight lines you want everything to have like the right perspective um, and I used to use this app uh, which I would also recommend uh, it's called it's like screw it but without the vowels anyways we'll put a link in the show notes oh, yeah, I think um, I that one. and that was my favorite for a long time but I've recently switched to snapseed um, and the reason why is Snapseed has a magic function. Hi, Rafa's taking a picture. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Snapseed has a magic functionality that will use this kind of crazy machine learning, hey, Google, um, to uh, strain your picture. And I'd say it does 90% of the job. I'm not on a good picture right now to, to show you that, but... Um, so what I'll do is I'll open it, I'll press the, the wand, magic wand icon, um, and then actually like customizing the, um, the different angles, like the different corners is super easy, like as easy as just dragging around. Uh, so I find it more user-friendly than, uh, than screw it. And one thing that's cool is it has built-in uh, sort of content fill, you know, like you used to be able to do in Photoshop. So if you uh, move the image corners so that it goes inside so that you basically have like a, a blank spot uh, one way, it'll just magically autofill that side, Holy shit. Uh, which is really cool. In some cases, it'll be very visible. But if it's in, in others, it'll work really well. Google and app. yeah, um, so Google have bought this app a while ago. Um, so that's one of my favorite features. Uh, the second one, I'm not going to go through all of them. Like there's so many features inside this app. Um, but I love the drama, uh, filter that they have. Um, and it's not this kind of filter that you like the ones that you see in Instagram and stuff like that. Like it'll just, um, kind of tweak sort of your, they, you have two options. You have filter strength and you have saturation and it's not going to do anything, um, to colors too much. Um, by default, it, it'll desaturate your image, but 
if you i just like bring it back to normal um and what it'll do is it'll like punch up the contrast of your images um but not just making the darks darker and the lights lighter it'll actually like bring out a lot of the details from your pictures um and that will just like surface the details What's that called? way more drama so yeah um and like you know the the default setting that they have is a bit intense (laughs) so you can like rein that in a bit um but i think it does a really nice effect and it it makes a huge difference uh, when you post your pictures so i'll typically open it up in snapseed and then uh open it then opening it into my like just photo editor of choice uh which for me is photo edit just the app that I made, um, <laughs> but uh, it can be Visco Cam or um, Darkroom, uh, both great apps. It doesn't have an extension though. It does not. Unfortunate. No, very unfortunate. So that's it. That's my recommendation. Check it out. Cool. Download it. I yeah, like I've known this about this app, and mm-hmm. I probably downloaded it at some point. Uh, but yeah, I never even thought of downloading it and exploring it a little bit more. Cool. Okay, uh, I think that is it for our in-person historic uh, episode. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, for listening in all the way to the end. Thank you. We love you. Uh, You can continue the discussion over at spectrum.chat. That's something that uh, people are uh, doing and uh, our friends are building. And uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. So you can do that. There's links in the show notes. And uh, then you can also follow us on on Twitter. We are at layoutfm. And if you want to follow us, us individually you can follow me i'm at rafa hari and kevin is at vernal kick if you have any cool products or you know events or if your if your company is hiring anything that you want to put in the ears of uh of a bunch of designers you can you can sponsor this show so you can do that you can find uh, links and forms to do that as well as find the links for everything we talked about and uh, find links to listen to all of our past episodes everything on our website our fancy website um you can visit that at layout.fm uh, lastly, this show is part of Spec FM Network. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, you can do so by visiting them at spec.fm. And uh, I think that's it. Our producer Sarah got a job of fitting with those. I know, exciting. that's awesome. Sarah, you're, you're not listening to this, but uh, high five. <laughs> that's awesome. Great job. Great gig. Figma is lucky to have her. They know we're not going anywhere. We're just going to start no. talking. But I, we need to find a way to end the show. Wait, we have a song. We could just let it play.
All right, let sure. it play. Steven, let, let the song play. <laughs> 